Romans chapter 12, right where we were on Wednesday night. I got to get my, is it Wednesday or Tuesday? What, whatever night we were here. Yeah, here say both of them. I guess he was right. <laughs> Verse 3 of Romans 12 says this, For I say, through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but soberly, as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. For as we have many members in one body, but all members do not have the same function, so we, being many, are one body in Christ, and individually members of one another. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. If prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith. We're not going any further than that, so we're going to stop right here. Amen. I want to talk to you on this subject uh, this morning. Practice the plan God gave you. Practice the plan that God gave you. Don't try my plan on your life. Amen. 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 Let's pray before we sit. Father, we thank you and we praise you for this day. We thank you for every blessing that you prepared for. God, we know that if you said it, you will do it. So, God, every promise in you is yea and amen. So, God, we receive that right now in the name of Jesus. We thank you for the healing. We thank you for the deliverance. God, we thank you for knitting us together in one heart, one spirit, one mind. We thank you now for every man and woman that's breaking the bread of life around the world. Add a blessing to their words in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. <clears throat> now, when Paul was writing this, uh, he was writing to members of the local church uh, in Rome. And uh, what he was saying is that each one of the members of the church needed to understand that they were related not only to the church, but to one another to make up a whole church. Amen. So Paul says that the relationship to, to us was uh, like a body. And it's kind of like we are today. If you have a body at all, if you lose a part of that body, you're going to miss it. Amen. Amen. They even tell me that people who lose limbs have what we call phantom pain. Uh, they believe the limb is still there. And uh, for some of us, we, uh, uh, as we look around and don't see our old friends, we still feel like they're still here. Oh, y'all kind of slow with that. <laughs> Ephesians chapter 4 says this in verse 7, but to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. So Paul goes on and says this. He says that even though we all have a, a special function in the church and everybody has a gift. Let me try that one more time. Everybody. Because everybody always said, I don't know. I, no, everybody has a gift. Each one of us has a gift. But he says that the gift is received according to grace. And the Bible says that that grace is by faith so that by faith we all receive a measure of faith. What does he mean, a measure of faith? And see, that's where we tend to decide what we can and can't do by what we believe that we have received. The truth of the matter is that what God has done is given every person in his body. Now, we don't have that same kind of grace for people who are not part of the body of Christ. The grace you receive from God for those who are outside the body is for them to become a part of the body. It is the grace of God for salvation. Are we understanding this? But what Paul is writing here is about the measure of faith that every believer receives. And what is that measure of faith? This is what that means. It means that you have enough faith to do what God has called you to do. Amen. Let me say that one more time. You have enough faith to do what God has called you to do. So that's, what, that's why the Bible is very clear that when we say, 
I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do everything he's called me to do based on the measure of faith he's given me to do what he's called me to do. Well, Pastor, how much is that? Well, it depends. How much you going to do? No, no, no. Yeah, seriously. There are people who are gifted who never use the gift. And when the gift is not used, it does not come to perfection. It's like anything else. We exercise the gift and we get better at it. If we don't do anything with it, then it will eventually die. Now, when we say it's dying, a gift doesn't die, but it does remain dormant. Y'all understand that? Uh, uh, okay. So what Paul says here, as he looks at this, he says, uh, for the grace that was given to me. Now, Paul makes it clear. He says, I received my apostleship by grace. And he said that that grace gave me two things. It gave me the authority to lead and the authority to speak. For you, the grace that you receive gives you authority to do and to speak. So if you receive that grace, you receive the authority of God to say what he says and do what he said. Amen. Now, let me stop and tell you something, because this is first of the year and we always have to start all over again. You know, it's like we this is kindergarten. We're going to make it to high school before we get to December. But in kindergarten, you need to remember one thing. You don't need a title to do what you were called to do. You don't have a title, you have a calling. And you need to make sure that you understand the difference. If you can only function based on a title, then you can't function at all. People who function outside of their gifting and calling usually make trouble in the church. These are the people that create havoc for the body of Christ. Hmm? That's like, uh, oh, let me, let, me, let me put it this way. When I was 20 years old, I could eat collards. At 70, I can't. If I continue to eat them, I'm going to be functioning outside of my gifting. <laughs> and those of you who've reached the magic age know exactly what I'm talking about. So we need to understand that, <laughs> that when we are doing things, even though we feel like we have the authority to do them, if we are doing it outside of that gifting, it's going to create havoc. If you can sing, you may be able to sing the crowd into worship. But if you continue to sing that song, you will sing them right on out of it. Amen. You know, we have people that sing eternal songs. <laughs> yeah, y'all get that later. But what he says is this, that, that, that the reason that we have this measure of faith is so that we ought not think too highly of ourselves. And the reason you don't think highly of yourself, and he didn't say you shouldn't think highly of yourself, but more highly. Is that what your Bible says? The reason you should always think soberly. In other words, you ought to believe that you are who God says you are. You ought to believe that. But the Bible says you ought to have some common sense or some reasoning that allows you to know that you can't uh, uh, be the president of the United States, even though you hadn't run. Amen. Everybody said, well, nobody would do that. Yes, a lot of people. Assume authority that's not granted to them. 
Amen. So he says uh, that you ought not think more highly of, of yourself than you should, but you should be humble. First Timothy chapter one says, and I thank God, uh, I thank Jesus Christ, our Lord, who has enabled me. This is Paul talking because he counted me faithful, putting me in the ministry. So the first thing he he recognizes that if you didn't do it, but God did it, 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 it lets you know that there's someone who's over you. It says, although I was formerly a blasphemer, a persecutor uh, and an insolent man, but I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly and unbelief. And the grace of our Lord was exceedingly abundantly with faith and love, which are in Christ Jesus. So he says, I used to be some stuff. That's he talking to all of us. I used to be some stuff. But God's grace was so good that allowed me to see myself as I was. And then I realized that I need to be who he said I am, not who I say I am. If you see yourself as God sees you, you will be humble. Amen. So having said that, Paul says that each Christian must know what his spiritual gifts are and what ministry or ministries uh, he is to have in the local church. This is the second point I want to make. You don't have any ministry outside of church. Well, Pastor, I'm a street preacher. Well, the boulevard must be your pastor. No, everybody is submitted to somebody. And all ministry originates in a local church. I ain't going off on that because I know there's some people sitting home watching this right now who ain't in church. But to them, I say, shame on you. Nothing causes more damage in a local church than a believer who operates, uh, who overestimates, I'm sorry, himself and tries to perform a ministry that he's not capable of doing. This is why people believe that they were called to do something when in reality they're not qualified to do it. Now, I always tell people, if you feel like God's called you to preach, the first thing you should do is take an English course. Because if you can't communicate, doesn't matter what you know. <laughs> you can't, now you can't reach everybody by talking about this year and that day. You, you just can't do it. I mean, there are some people you're going to reach, don't get me wrong. But there's only so far that that can carry you. And people will say, well, yes, but I'm anointed. <laughs> I'm telling you, there are a lot of people who won't know anything about your anointing if you can't say the word. <laughs> I'm just saying. So, so, he, said, <laughs> so he says, you, you have to exercise sound judgment and understand who you are. So this measure of faith then the Bible says is the correct proportion of the spiritual gift or supernatural endowment and ability. It is the Holy Spirit, uh, what the Holy Spirit gives each believer so that he can fulfill his role in the body of Christ. If God has called you to do something, he will empower you to do that something that he's called you to do. But now, listen to me. You will never receive more power than your gifting. Y'all understand this? You will never receive more power than your gifting. Now, you know, some of you all drive these new cars. You know that they have a, a, a limiter on them that governs the speed. So, so you know, if you have a car that will... Uh, the, you know, the, the, it has the speedometer. You know how y'all look at it. It's got 200 miles an hour on it. You want all 200 of them. I understand that, but that's not what, <laughs> that's not what you're going to get because they're going to limit the speed according to what the car is able to perform. <laughs> Let me see if I can do this another way. Well, let's stay with cars. Everybody drives, right? 
<clears throat> Years ago, uh, Corvette was trying to, to create a car that would break the land speed record in a, in a, 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 a what do you call it, a, a, a production car. The problem is they could get the speed up, but they couldn't get the tires to work. See, because they didn't have tires that would handle the speed. In order to drive a car at 200 miles an hour, you have to have tires that are capable. Hmm? So the, the, the amount of speed the car was able to produce was limited by the tires they could put on them. Porsche had the same kind of situation. They had a heat problem with exhaust. So they couldn't find any metal that would hold the heat. So what they had to do, bring down the horsepower to keep the metal from melting. Of course, they use aluminum now, so it doesn't make any difference. But you understand what I'm saying? Over a course of time, there are things that happen in production that people find out through a process of elimination. If I do this, will this happen? What about brakes? If you have a car that runs 150 miles an hour, wouldn't you like to be able to stop it? <laughs> so there's a series of things. It is exactly the same way in the church, bro. You are limited by what you are capable of producing. And if you're overproducing, if I am talking to you in a language you don't understand, you're not going to get the message. Hmm? And if you came to see me run, jump, jump and shout, you're going to find another church. And I pray you do. <laughs> but the fact of the matter is, God sent people who were attuned to my personality. I guess that makes y'all cool. <laughs> or at least smooth, right? <laughs> but the Bible also teaches us this, that the measure of faith is limited by your experience. What you are able to do in life. You can be anointed to do something, but you have had no real practical experience in anything, which means that your gift is limited because, for example, for example, let's say that you have a great oratory gift, but you don't like people. So who are you going to talk to? I don't know if you all saw it uh, last week during the holidays when the Pope was greeting people and, <laughs> and this woman grabbed his hand. He <laughs> Not saying the Pope don't like people. Now, I didn't say that now, so don't get me wrong. But what I'm saying is that if you have a gift, everything has to work together. And it's all based on your experience and your background according to the measure of faith that's given to you. You use what you have and experience to make your gift work in the body of Christ. Are you understanding this? We take our gift a lot of times to the world because we say, we say they don't appreciate me. The truth of the matter is you don't appreciate the people that you're ministering to. If you're a good minister, you will find a way to reach your audience. Now, sometimes that means, listen, that means that sometimes you don't get the message from me. That's why sometimes we show a video. You can listen to somebody on, on the screen and say, oh, yeah, 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 I get it now. Well, that's fine. I got the video, so I'm still. <laughs> what? Right? Okay. <laughs> Since our gifts are from God, we can't take credit for them. And all we can do is accept them and use them 
to honor his name. So everything we do, we do it in the name of the Lord. We don't do it for our own glory. If at the end of a good message, you don't want people telling you how good you were. Amen. Now, if you say how good the word was, that's great. Hmm? And I know what you're thinking, but I delivered it. No, that doesn't make any difference. It was God who inspired you to say what you needed to say and gave you the illustrations that you needed to reach the people that you needed to reach. You don't take credit for what the Holy Spirit does. Amen. So. Whew. What do we got? Okay, good. Bible says that that uh, uh, every individual in the church needs to know their gifts and accept them by faith, then use them for God's glory. And then God can bless you. So if you receive it and, and when we say we accept something. Oh, this is to accept something doesn't mean I agree with it, but it means that I embrace it. I internalize it. See, just as. Just to be compliant is not enough. It's got to become a part of you. If you are uh, 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 a prayer warrior, then you don't have specific people you pray for. You pray for everybody. And you don't wait for a, a cause to come up to have. Because you're a prayer warrior. Huh? And you don't have to, to stop and, 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 and have a dialogue about, well, so-and-so shouldn't have got in that situation anyway. I don't want to, no, 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 uh-uh. You know what we do. We're selective. My, and my prayers are so good I can't waste them on foods. But that's not reality. The reality is if you love God, you're always going to pray for his people. Amen? Praise it. So then, each believer has a different gift, and God has bestowed these gifts on the local body so it can grow in a balanced way. And that's what we're talking about. He has gifted every person in the house, which means that each one of us has received something that can be used to, to, to bolster or grow this body. And that means that my gift, no matter whether it's big, small, pretty or ugly, works for the good of all. I have to understand that. Otherwise, I will think my gift is a small thing. This is why people don't show up for church. They don't need me. Yes, we do. And see, one of the things we need most in church is you. Come on. There's no church without, it, without you now, I'm telling you. So the Bible teaches us then that whatever we have must be dedicated to God and used for the good of the whole church. Spiritual gifts are tools we build with, not toys or weapons to fight with. See, because some people believe that uh, they can use their gifts and I should say abuse their gifts by ministering to people something that's not right. We can lead people into territory that they may not come back from. When people use, listen, when they use the word as a weapon, they, they tend to punish people by telling them God's going get, to get, get you or God's going to give you this or God's going to do this to you. You know how we do. Huh? And we scare people. We lie to people. I'm just putting it out there. And when you do that, you don't find people coming to Christ in faith. They may come in fear, but not in faith. See, when we talk about uh, 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 scaring folk or, or using, abusing folk, to abuse a gift, now I want you to get this concept, to abuse a gift of God is to abuse the people of God. Because God's people are his gift to the body. So when you abuse the gift, you're abusing the people. Don't tell folks something that you know is not true. Or something you suspect is. <laughs> because sometimes we get caught up with, 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 well, that could be true. You know? 
It's like, uh, especially, you know, we, we, these old sayings, right? Because here recently, in the last week or so, you know, y'all heard the thunder and seen the lightning. You know what they say, right? Seven days. What's going to happen? See? Now, next, next Friday and Saturday is supposed to be 75, 76, and 77. <laughs> but you believe <laughs> it's going to snow. Yes, I forgot to tell them the other part. Somewhere. <laughs> Always somewhere. Amen. So the Bible says this. These people so emphasize their gifts that they lose their spiritual grace. What, how, what does that mean? That means that they have the gifts of the spirit, but are lacking the fruit of the spirit. Now, let me show you how this is supposed to work. The gift of God and the fruit of the spirit should work in tandem. And if you have a gift, the first part of the fruit is always what? Yeah, love. Huh? So if you have a gift from God that you receive by faith, right? Every gift comes by faith. And what is faith? It is an active trust or belief that's displayed how? Through obedience. In other words, if I have faith, I do. That's why James says faith without is dead. So if you say you believe something, but you can't do anything, then what you say is, I have a gift. Let's say the gift is prophecy. I'm, I'm going to give you a word from God, but I can't live it. <laughs> so Galatians chapter five says the fruit of the spirit has got to be in action. And if it doesn't work, if the fruit doesn't work in me, the gift doesn't work in me. Are y'all still with me? The fruit's not working. Gift's not working. Amen. In my mind, I, I, when I said something about prophecy, I wanted to tell you, but I'm going to tell you that next week. But, uh, uh, in the church, we, we have a tendency not to understand the prophetic. And because we don't, sometimes people get messed up. But the prophetic is not just uh, foretelling, it is just foretelling. And if you can't speak it in real time, then don't expect somebody to speak it to you in future time. I mean, I'm gonna cover that next week, but, but this is this is this is this. <laughs> no, the, the speaking gifts are the most plentiful in the church, and if you're going to 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 submit to that gift, that gifting, whatever it is, you need to make sure that that, that what you're hearing is from God. And we, we, we got some, some prophets in here, and everything they've told you has come to pass, hasn't it? See, you can trust that word. But then there's some other people. Yeah, you're still waiting for your house and your car, waiting for Johnny to come home. Amen. Hey, hey Y'all know I'm telling the truth. If you tell me something, I'm going to take it to the bank. And if the check bounces, I ain't gonna mess with you no more. <laughs> no, you don't get a second chance to give me a word. Mm-mm. No. You can tell me you were having a bad day, but you ain't gonna have to do it at my expense. <laughs> so let me see if I can bring this thing to an almost close. So we, <laughs> so we being many then are one body 
And we who are Christians are numerous as individuals. But now, now, now let me tell you something. We are, we're, there are so many of us all throughout the universe. The problem is, apparently, we don't know each other. No, 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 no. I shouldn't have to have you tell me that you're a Christian. If the only way that I know that you're a Christian is you tell me so, there's an issue here. And because we're all one body, there's something that spiritually connects us together. I ought to feel something when I come in your presence. And if, I, if there's kind of a push, I realize, OK, this ain't this ain't a Christian. And it doesn't matter whether they're in church or out. We ain't talking about church now. We're talking about Christianity. And there's a difference. So if you are saved, I ought to feel something. There ought to be a drawing. Amen. And if I don't feel that drawing, there's a problem. So how is it that we can have a body that's divided and expect it to function? Well, I can tell you how that works. Because so many local churches are issue-oriented and not Christ-oriented, they don't have a move of God, and there is no healing, there is no deliverance, there is no real display of love and joy. Come on. We talk to you all the time about, you know, being happy. Huh? I haven't had to ask you in a long time what you're mad about. You know, the first six months of the year, I had to ask you every Sunday. Now I only had to ask you every quarter. <clears throat> and I'm hoping that, you know, we'll do a semi-annual, and then one day we won't have to ask you that question at all. Huh? What you mad about? Amen. <laughs> come, come on. And I, and I guess it's because time has taught me, and I expect it's going to teach you too, that there's some things you can't, you can't do anything about. Absolutely nothing. So, 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 here's what I learned. If there's something I can't do anything about, I want to embrace the one who can do something about it. If it's a heaven problem, why am I fooling with you? Wasting my time trying to get you to do something that you ain't going to do anyway. I'm going to your daddy. See what he says. Amen. <laughs> so then the Bible says this. It says that uh, the, the welfare of the body of Christ is to be promoted by discharging our duties uh, in our appropriate sphere. Fear being area of influence. I have a gift. The gift should be displayed in the area where I have influence. <laughs> this is important. If your gift is going to function, it must be accepted. So if you take your gift to a place... For example, as I survey the room, if you take your gift to a Klan rally, I don't think <laughs> you, you're going to have as much influence as you think you are. Do you, you understand that? Amen. So what I'm saying to you is that take it to a place where you know it's going to have some influence. Does that make we try to, you know, we, th we think that the, 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 the most fertile ground for witnessing is Walmart. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Seriously, everybody wants to go to Walmart and witness. Well, there are a lot of people at Walmart who are saved. Customers, you know, clerks, whatever. Hmm? Why don't you take that gift somewhere where you used to go? Where they really recognize you. You, you, know, you know what I'm talking about. Why don't, you, why don't you take it where you really have some influence? 
<laughs> See, this is what we do. We forget what we used to do. Hmm? That story about the old man who used to go in the bar every day and ask for Martini. Finally, he comes in, he asks the bartender, say, I'd like to have a martini. And somebody from the back holler, is that preacher in here again? <laughs> so, so, a place where he had some influence. <laughs> and there may be a place where everybody knows your name. <sighs> Amen. <laughs> so. Okay. See, that's what you call communication. See, everybody got that, right? See, see, see that? They go, mm, mm, mm. <laughs> it's tragic when any of, one, in one of, in any one of the gifts is emphasized in the local church beyond all the others. Uh, now, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 29 and 30 says that uh, not all people have the same gifts. Everybody understands that, I think. He says, are all apostles, all prophets, all teachers, all workers of miracles, do all have gifts of healing, do all speak in tongues, do all inter interpret? And the answer is no, everybody doesn't. Now, uh, some of the things that we will tell you here in the next few minutes will probably be the hardest things that you've received. So that's why uh, I'm saving them for last. The first thing I want to tell you is this. God determines where your gift should function. Now, notice that 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7 says, but the manifestation of the spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. Uh, it's the manifestation of the spirit. That's number one. The Bible says that the diversity of many accompanies the unity of the body. The body needs diversity in order for it to function. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 18. It says, but now has God set the members, each one of them in the body, just as he pleased. Now, notice this. This is this is a critical verse. He says, God said. Is that what it said? God said. And the Bible says that the members, each one. So each one of you were called and then God set you. And then he says, in the body, before there is a universal body, there must be a local body. Here's the problem. You can't disconnect from the local body and expect to be a part of the universal body. Uh, right now, we're about to go to war. And, and when we do, there'll be what, what will be called uh, probably, probably an international coalition, which means it won't just be the United States Army or armed forces, <clears throat> but it will be a conglomeration of all militaries from around the world. But you can't, you can't send a group of soldiers from France who are not soldiers. You can't take a bunch of people off the streets of France and say, let's go over here and fight. You have to have a local army before you have an international army. So in order for you to be a part of the universal body of Christ, guess what? You must be a part of a local body. So when folks say, well, I don't need church. 
Well, what you need is salvation because you ain't saved. Okay? Yeah, I know. I make that claim a lot. I tell people they're not saved. I tell folk right to their face, you ain't saved. And I know y'all getting mad with me. Some of y'all got mad with me all last year because I said it, and I'm going to be saying it all next year. If you, listen, if you are not a part of a local house of God, your salvation is in jeopardy. I'm going to tell you that right now. You must be a part of the body. Why is that? Well, here's the next thing I want to show you. It was never designed by Christ that all Christ, all Christians should be equal. Never in the history of the world has anything ever been equal. I challenge you right now to show me anything, including identical twins that are equal. So why do we have to have everything fair? Now, I, I, I'm, I'm taking my time because I need you to understand. If God said in 1 Corinthians 12, 18, that he set them in the body, then why would you think that you were set in an equal position with someone else? He put you in a place where he can, he can best utilize your particular skill set. And it is all his doing. Well, Pastor, it just don't seem fair that, that you get to talk every Sunday. We got to sit and listen. Well, in another 20 or 30 years, you won't have to listen to me. You, 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 you can listen to somebody else. <laughs> As uh, Claire Huxman would say, let the record show. I'm only here because that's what God said. Amen. 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 When he tells you you can have your turn, you can have it. And I'm all right with that. Amen. I'm good. Somebody preach every Sunday. I'm good with that. Because I'm going to still get paid. <laughs> huh? No, you know what people don't understand that is? I ain't the preacher, I'm the pastor. Huh? I ain't the preacher. I'm gonna get paid if I don't say a word. I'm the HNIC. That's Negro. <laughs> Just clean that up a little bit. <laughs> so, so, so when you get to thinking about, well, I, and I'm just using this as an example, y'all understand. But why does he have, because uh, number one, uh, me and that lady right there are the founders of this ministry. That number, that number one. Number two, when we were ordained by uh, late Apostle Thomas, he said I was in charge. Huh? Huh? And then later on, when we grew up, we have a board of directors who said I'm in charge. Hmm? See, that's why 
That's why I don't have to worry about nobody pulling a coup. If you take over the church, take over. You still got to pay me. Now you want to take it? Take it for test men. I don't You going to pay me. Why is that, Pastor? Because it's a gift from God. I just, I kid with you all, okay? All right, but seriously, seriously, seriously. God designed that men should have different endowments. Uh, the very nature of society supposes uh, this. There has never been a state of perfect equality in anything, and it would be impossible that if it could be, then that society would still survive. You all understand that? There are always going to be some people who are going to know more than you. And there's some other people that you're going to know more than them. Amen? But what we have, we receive from God, and God gave it to us because that's what he needed. And if you can get, this, get your head wrapped around this, I'm, I'm closing with this. If you can get your head wrapped around the fact that the body of Christ, <clears throat> the church, <clears throat> excuse me, is a living organism. By being a living organism, it changes, expands, it grows, it diversifies, it turns into something else. Amen. If you go back to when I was a child, church was different. First of all, everybody walked to church. Nobody had no cars. Amen. We had no air conditioning. Didn't have no carpet and all this kind of stuff. And these lights, oh no, they were so dim you could, didn't even read at night. The only person could read was the preacher because he had a light over the Bible. Church was also different because church was every day, all day, most days. Hmm? And nobody complained. But then we raised another generation that needed more leisure time. <laughs> no, no I'm, I'm just being serious. So the generation that followed my generation decided that if I'm going to go to church, you know, because mom and them made me go to church, then I'm going to be comfortable in my worship. So then we had to build nice cathedrals and put padded seats in. Huh? Amen. I went from wood floors to carpet down the aisle to carpet all the way under the pews to pews with padding. Pretty much in that order. And now today, oh God, don't let the air conditioner not be working. You had to cancel church. This is how, how, listen, this is how far we are removed from God. Hmm? And now we got to have screens in. Put the words up there so you can take notes. Because otherwise you wouldn't write anything down. Then we had to take the CDs, the DVDs, or whatever they do, and put the notes on that. So when you go back home, you know what? Yeah, because you know it's not like closed caption. You you can't figure out what I'm saying by hearing it. No, not. But that's how much we change church. God's plan is exactly what it says. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and Romans chapter 12, his plan is exactly the same. Nothing changes. He says, having gifts differing, all of us are differing, use them. If you build a house and all you got is a plumber, you don't have a carpenter, you don't have a brick mason, 
You don't have anybody to do electrical stuff. All you got is a plumber. It's going to be a funny looking house when it's all said and done. Diversity. Are y'all still with me? And this is what we try to do with church. We try to build a church with just the pastor giving you the word on Sunday. That's not how God designed it. He designed each one of you to have a gift that was a part of the service. And I told you this some time ago, but I'm going to tell you one more time. If all you bring to church is your smile, we're grateful for that because somebody might need that. But if you don't bring it, we can't use it. So, Pastor, what you trying to say? I'm trying to say that God knew exactly what he was doing when he put you right here. Amongst the people that you are around right now. Come on. The Bible says that, listen, if you read Ephesians chapter one, he says that before he formed this whole world, he says he predestined. He predestined that you will be born in this era. And you will be a part of this assembly. And you'll be doing this work that would advance your community. If your community is not being affected by the ministry, then we fail. Period. In order for us to be effective in getting the gospel to you, you got to get it to somebody else so it benefits them. Amen. So next week, we're going to talk to you about those gifts. And how the gifts are to be used and how we are empowered to use them. And I can tell you that in most cases, the only thing you have to do for your gift to work is be faithful. <clears throat> hmm? Somebody put it on, a, on a, a card somewhere. My gift is powered by faithfulness. Because that's the only thing that allows that gift to work in your life. You can't be inconsistent with what you do for the king and expect your gift to work continuously. Amen. How many of you know that if you don't treat your body right, it will eventually tell you something wrong. Hmm? Amen. Everything starts attacking you. Your kidneys, your heart, your lungs. Gets mad with you because you didn't do what was right. Yeah, I'm a, I'm, I'm not, see, I walk, had to walk, walk myself down there because I don't want to talk about people. <clears throat> but it's the same way with the body of Christ. You cannot be an arm and say, I ain't going to mess with that foot. Because the foot will tell you, all right, you want to get over there to use your hand? See if I move. And isn't that how we hold up the blessing of the Lord? Isn't that why there's no move of the spirit? Because somebody who has it won't release it because somebody else won't be in the, in the right place or receive the right thing. Amen. Come on, stand up on your feet. We're going to close this thing out.